Kapitel 13. We're learning in the Schuss of Rafa Shlema for Harav Yosef Yitzhak Ben Sima Chasia. Seif Aleph. Be'inyin Shemos HaParshias, regarding the names of the distinct Parshias of the Torah, Hudgash Kfar Pamim Rabbis, it has been underscored numerous times, Shahatoychen shall call Parsha Merumos Bishma, that the content of each Parsha is alluded to in its name. V'chein Tzarech Loimargam B'Parshias V'yaka Pekudeh. And likewise, we have to say the same about this week's parshiyos by Yakel and Pekudei. Shahashem vayakel mivateis nekudas teichnashal of parsha rishena, that the name by Yakel has to seemingly express the central point of the first parsha. U Pekudei, and the, and the name Pekudei as nekuda teichnashal of parsha shnia, has to be a, an apt expression. Of the central point of the second parsha, ulam <laughs> However, seemingly, ein hatama elu There doesn't seem to be alignment between the content of these two parshiot and their names. Biyeser alkain, and even more, not only do they not seem aligned, they actually seem to be opposing, contradictory to the content of the Parsha that they are supposed to represent. As the Reb is going to explain now. Vayakel, the name Vayakel, lefi pshuta peirushay asifa v'kibot shalkama v'chama yechidim e'pratim. Seemingly, the name Vayakel is defined as a gathering or a bringing together of um, disparate parts, diff- uh, different things. And the Rebbe says that the difference between the term Vayakel and similar terms that speak to the idea of gathering or amalgam of distinct aspects into one into one. For example, asifa, which means a meeting, kibbutz, which means a gathering, lakita, which is often used in agricultural context to, to bring together. So the difference between Bayakel and these other seemingly similar terms is sheshar halashenais mabim rakas etzem hayis asfus vahis katz vahahis kaptus shall misbar bnei adam apratim lemakem echad or leinian echad. The other terms asifa kibbutz lekita speak or express the idea that you're bringing them together. You're bringing different facets or aspects or details together to one place, or you're putting them in one category. But 
but it is still altogether possible that even after you bring together these disparate things or people or aspects into one, they still they still retain their individuality. In contradistinction, Ilulashan by Yakel, but the term, the first name of the first parsha by Yakel, Mashmuota Shenasu But when you use the term Vayakel, the, the implication is that the individual have become part of something new called a kohol. And this is referring to a collective, whether you're talking about a collective of people or of um, details. It's something new that has been created. It's not just a composite of various smaller aspects, but rather each one yields their individuality to something larger and something new, a new mitziot, a new existence, and that is the kohol. So that's regarding vayakhem. Pikudi, on the other hand, um, which is an, a, a term that denotes counting, delineation. So Pikudi, on the other hand, is the polar opposite. It's all about how things remain separate, individuated. And it's only when you can define and you can recognize the individuality and the separateness of things that you can count them out as separate from and distinct from, from other things. So once we, we have looked a little bit more carefully at the terms by Yakel and Pekude, it's not understood. When you look at the content of the Parsha, it seems that the content of the Parsha is diametrically opposed to its name. It's true. While both Parshas speak of the creation of the Mishkan and, and the um, and the making of the various kalim, the various vestments. But there's a very different energy about the two parshas. Parshas vayakel, oisekes vasias, kol chelke uprote inyani hamishka. In the main, parshas vayakel speaks to the particular, the individual, the distinct. It talks about the details of the mishkan. Hayiriyes bifne atzman the curtains in and of themselves, it discusses the planks distinctly, and in like fashion, every aspect of the Mishkan is treated separately, distinctly. On the other hand, the novelty of Parshas Pekude as it relates 
to the whole subject of the Mishkan being crafted and made is la'achar ha'akdama, after what the first thing, the, the preface, sachakol shalazav ha'kesev anachayishes, ba'kemaymer muskar sima super parshas v'yakel. So after you have the um, the sum total that is listed of the gold and the silver and the copper, which really comes as a sidebar to what we're talking about, then we have kind of a um, a summation of the whole idea of building the Mishkan, which is Havaz Kol Hadvarim Yachtov El Moshe. Everything together is brought before Moshe. And then we have the command of Hashem that the Mishkan should be erected in, in, in its totality, in its completion. And likewise, we have the commandment about all the different works, all of the different types of Avaida that were done in the Mishkan, as they are treated in, in a general way. And then we have reference to how this was actually done. It was all done together through Meisha. Until we have the completion of the Mishkan, it's all one thing, and the glory of Hashem fills the Mishkan. So in the parsha that's called Vayakel, we seem to have a focus on the individuated, on the distinct, on the particular, the way in which everything is separate. And in the parsha that's called Pikude, which seems to mean to enumerate, to delineate, which would speak to the to the to the separation and the distinctiveness, the main point of the parsha is how the Mishkan is one klal, one collective. And once you understand this, it emerges that the content of the parsha is the polar opposite of the name. In Vayakel, again, we find the individuation of every aspect of the Mishkan, the opposite of what it would seem because the name of the Parsha is Vayakel, which means to gather, to make it into one collective. The Ilubi Parsha's Pekude, and in Parsha's Pekude, which seems to be about enumerating the individual, we find there appears the bringing together and the combination of all of the aspects. The way in which all the individual aspects and details and particles become one collective. The Mishkan in its, in its total completion. And again, this is the opposite of what seems to be underscored by the name Pikude, which is about 
counting, enumerating. That is focusing on how each detail is different from the other. Base. The pastors Rebbe says, on a simple level, we could reconcile this by saying the following. Perush vayakel mikra who hakolas kol b'nei Yisrael. On the simple level, vayakel is referring to the way in which b'nei Yisrael are being gathered into one collective. Ulefizeh, efshe levar gam, esakesher b'in vayakel, al shem hakolas b'nei Yisrael, lemlechas hamishkan hamisuperes l'achreizeh. So we could build on this and we could say that it's called Vayakel because it's talking about the way in which B'nai Yisrael are gathered. And this serves as a preface, as a prelude to the construction of the Mishkan. Inyan Vayakel, Shakol B'nai Yisrael Nasu Kol Echad, Hu Hakdama V'hachona Lasiyas HaMishkan. The gathering of the Jews, the way in which the Jews become part of one of something larger, is the preface and the preparation for making the Mishkan. In order for the Mishkan to be the place that unites all of the Jews and and to actually bring to fruition that Hashem says, make me a place where I can reside amongst you. So therefore, because this is going to be something collective, because it's going to be something that is for everyone. So the donations and the gifts from each distinctive Jew towards the construction of the Mishkan has to be in such a way that the distinctive ownership of the money has to be done away with. That their, their distinctive ownership has to dissipate. The Rebbe is saying that the money has to leave ownership of one individual person. Even when people are partnered, that's not good enough. The money has to become money that belongs to the tzibor. So in other words, Vayakel is not talking about the aspects of the Mishkan. It's talking about the way in which B'nai Yisrael become part of something larger. They become a kohol. Why is this important? Because they have to divest themselves of their distinctiveness, of, let's say, their ownership of their gold, their silver, their copper. It has to become part of something that belongs to them all. And so therefore, the hakdama, uh, the, 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 the preface to this is gathering all of B'nai Yisrael. They should become one kahal. Then all their money becomes a collective. And then they're in a position to build something collective. But the Rebbe says, but still, this, this question persists and is obvious. 
But this still doesn't answer the question of pikudei. Sheba loy matzinu minyan. Pikudei means to enumerate, and we don't find that anything is being enumerated. On the contrary, we find the way in which there is a general rounding up of all the materials rather than an enumeration. And the rabbi says, and, and, and in truth, the, the, the possible thesis that I've set forth is not enough. And now the rabbi gives us, gives us his Antithesis. He says, because once we understand that everything about Torah is very, very specific and it's complete, in other words, it's not, you know, everything in the Torah is, um, is perfect in its specificity. So move on. So it's understood that just like we have this rule that the name of something has to express its content. So then it must be true about the names of the parshias. And specifically the names that we are looking at today. So it's not good enough to say that Vayakel is a appropriate name for this parsha because it speaks to a preparatory aspect to the building of the Mishkan. No, the Rebbe says, I, I, that doesn't ring true for me. I don't accept that. Because it has to be that the name of the Parsha speaks to the general and, and most important aspect of the Parsha, not to something that is simply preparatory. So we're left with the original question, which is that seemingly the names of the Parshas are flipped. They're 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 in the wrong place. It should have been Pikude Vayakel, because Pikude speaks more accurately about what's happening in Parshas Pikude, and Vayakel expresses more accurately what's happening in Pikude. Gimel. The Yuvan, and we'll understand the answer to this. The Hektim Divri Harambam Besefer Hamitzvus Benegel Lemitzvus Binyan Beis Hamikdash. We'll understand this by prefacing with the words of the Rambam in the Sefer HaMitzvah, where he speaks about the mitzvah of building the Beis HaMikdash. And he says there, We were commanded to build the chosen house to serve Hashem. There there will be the... Um, bringing close the sacrifices, there will be the um, <clears throat> the Ishtamid, the, the um, eternal light, the Chulei, etc. And this is what Hashem said, that you should make for me a Mikdash. And then, in the continuum, the Rambam says, that this general um, imperative, this general commandment includes a lot of specificities. Hamenoira, the Hashulchan, Hamizbeyah, Vizulasam, Kula Michelkiya Mikdash. And and there's other parts of the Mikdash, 
mikdash, and all of it is referred to in the term mikdash, and elsewhere, it's already enumerated the commandment for each distinctive part. The Rebbe says we have to understand the terminology of the Rambam. Once the Rambam writes that all of the distinctive aspects are part of the Mikdash and they're all they all fall under the general term Mikdash, meaning that they are details of a larger category. They are part of the positive commandment to build a Mikdash Rashem. So then why does the Rambam double back? And at the end of this, he says, and it's already been enumerated. It's already been um, commanded on each and every aspect. It would seem that first he tells us that all of the particulars are subsumed by the larger category. And then he doubles back and he says, but there was already a commandment on each particular aspect, which would seem to underscore the opposite. That every part of the Mikdash is a distinctive aspect and it's its own mitzvah. So which is it? Is it a general mitzvah? Or, or is each keli a specific mitzvah in and of itself? And in general, the Rebbe says, And in general, why does the Rambam go back to say that? It seems like he's already said his piece, and he told us what the mitzvah is, and that all the sub-aspects of the mitzvah are part of the general mitzvah. So it seems like it's just extra. It's superfluous. It's just hanging there. Dalit. The Rebbe says we might say the following is the explanation. In discussing the, the connection between the individual Kalim of the Mishkan and the larger construct of the Mishkan, you can treat the connection in various ways. And the Rebbe says, And in general, you, there are different ways of understanding the relationship between subsidiary aspects and the general construct that is comprised of these different aspects. And the Rebbe is going to give us three ways of understanding this relationship. There are three modalities. Aleph. One is, Each one of the details is not reckoned as an independent existence. The whole mitziusoi hirak mashal yedehis achtos kulam yachad nasis mitzios achas. But rather, it's only through bringing all these subsidiary aspects together that you get one existence. And that one existence is the klal, is the general existence. 
to say this differently, the existence of the details is only preparatory for the existence of the general thing. So in and of themselves, they don't have real mitzius, real viability. And the Rebbe gives something, he says, something of an example of this is the idea of geder chatsi shir ladas rish lakish. Rish lakish taught about what status does something have that is considered chatsi shir. It's only half of an amount that is considered a viable amount in halacha. He taught shechatsi shir mutar minatera, that from the terror you're allowed to eat, let's say, this half measurement of something that is not permitted to be eaten. It's only when you bring together two half chadasha, then you've created something new. And then there's a novelty. And what happened when you bring the two halves two small pieces of pork together, it became a shear of pork and, 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 and you're not allowed to eat it. But each half by itself, it, it doesn't have the existence of something that's asur. That's one way of understanding the particularities and how they relate to the general base. But then there's another way of understanding it. Gam ha-protein bifnei asman, in this modality, the details are a distinctive existence. Ella, it's only when they are joined together, in addition to their individuated existence, when you put them together in the amalgam, you've created something additionally new. That didn't exist before. When every, when every individual was for themselves. An example. Take the example of 10 Jews that are put together for the purpose of being able to say certain parts of davening that are referred to as Dvarim Shabbatusha. In that instance, call Adam Yisrael Bafne Atzma Yesh Kedusha. Each Jew in it of themselves has holiness, has distinctiveness. But when you join 10 of them together, you've also created a higher level of Kedusha in addition to their individuated Kedusha. And therefore, you can say certain certain parts of Davani that you couldn't say without their being joined together as a kahal. So, so far to review. The first modality speaks to the fact that the particular doesn't really have its own viable existence. It's only when it's conjoined that it becomes something that you have to reckon with. In the second modality, you're saying, no, the individual 
has kedusha. The individual has its own distinctive existence. It has viability. But when you put them together, now you've gotten something additional and much larger, much more potent, much more holy, whatever term you want to use. Rifki, can I ask a question? Sure, always. Thanks. Thank you. Um, in the first, in the first example, where you're using the idea of, of pork, and when it's combined, it has its usher, and, and, and when it's separate, is there a positive example that that the Rebbe gives about that? Well, for, first, I just wanna, I just wanna um, say that the Rebbe says, I, I wanna, uh, I, I'm, I don't have an example right off the bat. I'll tell you that, so you don't think I'm just, um, you know, just a ploy <laughs> um, that I'm that I'm not addressing your question. But what you, but I just want to bring up that the Rebbe says shechatsi shir muter min hatayra. It's I just want to underscore because I don't think I did that min It's it's only chatsi shir shir, so you could eat it, but obviously we can't eat it. It's still okay. Do I have a positive example? I don't have one off the bat, but maybe somebody else does. Because I sometimes learn this over with with some of the, and I just wanted something that they could relate to in a positive, uplifting. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't think it's exactly the same thing, but what's coming to mind is the famous Hayyim Yayim about when two Jews are together, their, their nefesh key join together. Um. But I, I, it's not the same thing because I don't think you could say that when we're separate. We, it's more like an example of the second, the second modality than the first. Um, okay. I don't know. It's not coming to me. I have to think about it. But if, some, if it comes to somebody, please unmute yourself. I, I don't know if this works, but even the simple concept when two people carry, it's it's not the same. But when one person carries and one person carries, you can only carry so much but when two people carry you can carry much more so it creates an extra strength it creates something more I, I don't know if it's the same concept but it leans towards that a little bit in the positive way two people together can do something much more than each one individually so it's a new thing you've created Actually, something esther what what your 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 you jogged the memory for me again i know that it's positive Hana, but in in i think in hilcha shabbos if two people are doing a malacha that one person could do, then neither one of them is actually trespassing the malacha. Again, midaraisa. So maybe that's a little bit less abrasive of an example than the, than the half a piece of pork. Maybe on a positive note, let's say you have to lay the parsha and two or three people share the laying. That's it. But then, but there you're not talking about two two halves or particles that are not in of themselves distinctive because each I mean originally each aliyah was named was was read by somebody else right but you didn't read the whole parsha until all the aliyahs were put together but that doesn't seem like what it's saying right. it doesn't seem each like it's stands saying... on its own. I'm saying I'm to just, share a mitzvah rather than share an avera, so to speak. Right. I, I'm this just is, looking I'm, at snow falling, and it's just such a basic example of like each of those 
flakes is so irrelevant if you look at them and then as they come together there's something that's a force to be reckoned with yeah. but that again honey i think is more an example of the second modality the first because a snowflake is still a snowflake the first is that it doesn't have a metzias of its own. Uh, it is a metzias, but it has no, it doesn't have any power. It has nothing to itself in a way. It's like it disappears as soon as it arrives. Right. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You say, could you say a, a man and woman coming together to create a child? Neither could do it without the other. So they're both required and necessary and, and not happening without either one. I don't think so, Miriam, because then you're saying that they're not anything by themselves. In other words, the whole, what's being underscored in the first is, a woman is a metzias atzma, a man is a metzias atzma. Right, they're metzias, but they can't accomplish what they need to without the other, so it's a different category. But that's the second Ooh, example. You are on a roll this morning. You are so politically incorrect. <laughs> I'm how about, I don't know how, how this goes. Both, how about if you have two, um, two doughs and you put them together to make a bracha, you put them together and you have, then you have enough to take challah from it. You combine them into one dough separately. Each one can't be made, take challah from it. But if you push them, you know, combine them, that's good because now you talk again about the idea of a shear. Right, but a positive shear, not poor. Yeah, yeah. Good. That's good. Yeah. Thank okay. you. So the first is that it doesn't have a Matthias on its own. When you put it together, it becomes a Matthias. The second is that each one of the distinctive aspects does have a Matthias. But, but when you put them together, there's an additional uh, um, holiness or additional force. It's like on steroids. And Gimel, and then the third modality is, Each one of the aspects is not an important existence in and of itself. As I call Prat Mikabel Hashivus Gam La'atzmai. But when you bring them together and they become part of something collective, then retroactively, each detail, each subparticle becomes important in and of itself. And so, in like fashion, we might say about the Mishkan and the Beis Hamikdash. So the courtyard, the Ayamayed, the Kadashim, each one by itself. Before the Mishkan was put up in its totality and achieved its holiness. So because there wasn't yet the holiness of the Mishkan in the world. So therefore, there wasn't holiness that devolved upon each sub-aspect of it. 
But once the whole Mishkan Mikdash was erected, then the sanctity came upon each individual individual aspect, the the uh, courtyard, so each aspect got its own Kedusha in addition to the general Kedusha of the Mikdash. And we might say that the holiness of the individuated aspects remains even when the Mishkan was traveling, meaning it was dismantled. Or when the Beis Mikdash was destroyed. But it still remains holy And then there are those that say that the Dusha that remains is Midurabanan. Can you explain how that's different from the minion? Yes, because in the minion, the the additional holiness is is focused on the klal, on the collective. Right, every Jew is holy. Every Jew is a tzaddik, as we know, and. Um, but then, when you bring them all together, there's an additional force. Okay, here it's it's in a way the opposite. Nothing has holiness by itself. But once you put it all together, and you erect a mishkan, then retroactively, there's a holiness that is vested in each particular. But, I mean, question? practically speaking, though, wasn't there holiness attached to each section, regardless of its being attached? So the Chab is saying, not until the whole Mishkan was set up, did the individual aspects have holiness. Whereas in the Mishk, whereas in a in a in a minion, every year it has kedusha. Then, when you mitzarif them for a minion, then there's a new level. Okay, thank now, you. Now the Chab is going to explain. What's the difference? What? Who cares? But first, see if hey. And so now we're going to take this and relate this to the Kalim of the Mishkan. Aleph. In the first modality, at the beginning, the Kalim of the Mishkan have no import. They have no holiness. Like the half a shear of Rish Lakish. It's, it doesn't take up any import. But after you finish making all the Kalim, or after you erect the Mishkan and you bring all the Kalim in for the first time, that's when you've created the existence of the Mishkan. And then Nikra Mikdash. It's 
called a sanctified place. Avogam oz, ein mikablim geder shel chashivos pratis. But according to the first modality, even then, they do not receive their own individuated importance. Ella they are part of the greater body of, of, of the construction. Krashia Mishkan the planks, the curtains. Just like the planks or the curtains are just aspects of which the Mishkan is comprised, the same thing with the Kalim. Besignan Acher, to say it a little bit differently, Geder Hamishkan, who Shayeshnam Yerios, Akrashim Adanim, Vishulcha, Menoya, or Mizbechais. The category of Mishkan is something that has all these different subsidiary things. O Kashem Shayerios, Bakrashim Adanim, Enam Ella Chilak Miklolos Habinian. And just like the planks and the, um, the Adanim, the, the base, the, the bases and the curtains. They're only parts of the construction. In the same way, the kalim, the vestments of the mishkan, the minaria, the shulchan, they don't have individuated import. And we learn that people were not allowed to come and look at the kalim when they were being wrapped up to travel, which is talking about after the Mishkan is dismantled. According to this, this would be a new commandment. And it's not a derivative of the of the commandment that speaks to the holiness of the Kaddish HaKadoshim. It's a separate thing. Because according to this first modality, the Kalim by themselves have no Chashivas. Like the Chatsi Shir. No Chashivas. Beis. According to the second modality, HaKalim yesh lehem Chashivas mitzad atzmam. Gam lefnei sheyeshna hamishkam bishlimusay. According to the second way of understanding this, Every keli has holiness in and of itself before the mishkan is erected in its completion. The menaira, the table, the two altars, each one has distinctive holiness. But it's only that when you bring them into the Mishkan, then they bring the Mishkan to completion. And now you have a new thing, like just like you have a minion out of 10 Jews, now you have a complete Mishkan. And then you have the third modality. Mitzat atzmam be'es asiyasam, ein bahem kol chashibus mitzat atzmam. By themselves, when you make them, they don't have import. But once you bring it into the Mishkan, once you erect the Mishkan, 
Chola al kol keli ukeli chashivas b'fnei atzmei. That each one of the kelim is vested with import. Now, this is in contradistinction to the first modality, where a half a shear by itself will always be a half a shear. You could bring it together, but then when you separate again, it's nothing. But here, no, once you bring the kalim into the Mishkan, each one is now vested with individuated sanctity. There is an individuated sanctity that comes down and is vested in each distinctive kalim. Kedushas minayra, kedusha shulchan v'chulei. And this individuated holiness, sanctity, is in addition to the collective holiness of the Mishkan. Vav. The Rebbe says that we might say, So what's practically the difference? One of the differences, Allah halacha, would be as follows. We're coming now to Pesach, and we know that when matzahs are made, we say l'shem matzahs mitzvah. When a sefer Torah is written, l'shem kedusha sefer Torah, etc., etc. We have this idea. So when the when the kalim of the mishkan were being fashioned. They had to be made lishma for the name of Hashem. Like it says, you don't make these kalim except for a holy purpose, for a sanctified purpose. That it has to be uppermost in the mind of, of who is fashioning them, that this is that this is hektish, that this is holy. And so the difference between these three modalities in terms of how you relate the individual aspect to the collective whole would be reflected in the kavana that you have to have when you're making the keli. La'ayf and harishayin, according to the first modality, mehamishkan. So according to the first modality, that the kelim only have viability or import or efficacy when they are part of something larger. The Mishkan. So when you're making the Kalim, the Kavana, the intention has to be for the holiness of the Mishkan. Because in and of themselves, it's like it's like a half a piece. It's not, it's not, it's nothing. In accordance with the second modality, where each individuated aspect has its own importance and its own viability, even before they become part of the collective of the Mishkan, so when you're fashioning that, Kaylee, the kavana, the intention, has to be for the individual kedusha of that, Kaylee. The kedusha of the menorah, the kedusha of the shulchan. And if you're looking in the, in, from the perspective of the third modality, 
הרי מאחר שבסיס הכלא בהכנסוסם למשכן חל לא רק השם הכללי והקדושה הכללי של המשכן, אלא גם קדושה בפני עצמו. In the third modality, after you bring the כלים into the משכן, there's not just the general holiness of the משכן, but there is also the individuated holiness of each כלי. Then at the very beginning, when you're fashioning the keli, you have to have both kavanas. Lishma l'shem mitzvah kedushas ha-mishkan, u lishma prati l'shem ha-kliya prati. You have to have the kavana for the collective, the mishkan, and you have to have the kavana for the particular, the keli. Ba'al pizeh yesh loimar, And once we understand this, we might say, Remember the Rebbe asked in the, in the, in the terminology of the Rambam, after he says, all of these are part of the Mishkan and all of it is called Mikdash, then after this, he says, He doubles back and he says that there was already an individuated commandment for each particular part. And so now the Rebbe says, we could, once we understand that there are three ways of, of um, relating to the parts vis-a-vis the collective, we can now understand that the words of the Rambam Milamdenu teach us, She'af al-pisha zehaklal mitzvah, mitzvah svasuli mikdash, kolal minim rabim, that even while we're talking about something general, make me a mikdash, and that that comprises many subsidiary aspects, that from the beginning, the mitzvah to make a mishkan, it includes all the kalim. But at the same time, because there was also a commandment about each specific keli, But since in that third modality, there is a holiness that is vested particularly in each keli after the completion of the whole Mishkan, Therefore, the Rambam is signaling to us, the Rambam is broadcasting to us that there has to be both kavanas when you make the kelim. There has to be the general and there has to be the specific. Zion. V'zehu haremez b'nesinas Hashem b'yakel l'parsha ha'isekes b'asiyas kolchelke mishkan. And now with this new information, we are in a position to appreciate the illusion embedded in the name Vayakhel for a Parsha that seems to be completely focused on enumerating the individual aspects. Vayakhel moira al-oifen asiyas hakelen. The term Vayakhel, to gather, teaches us about the way in which these kalim should be made, meaning the mindset when you approach this. That this whole enterprise of building the mishkan and all the kalim has to come from this 
collective perspective. Kiloimai, that is to say. Even though it says by yaas and it should be made, meaning that each keli is being given prominence in and of itself. But the fashioning of each keli was not just about and not just in the way that this is about the individuated keli but rather it was done with the spirit or the energy or from the perspective of a yakel it's about the gathering it's about the amalgam that is comprised of all these separated aspects for the purpose of making one Mishkan, the Tam Hadavar. And what's the reason for this? Why is this important? Ki beterem nishlam ha-Mishkan, ein l'chol kli b'fnei atzmei chashivas la-atzmei. Kol inyanei hu ha-yoyse prat mitoich ha-klal ha-Mishkan. Because before the Mishkan was completed, each keli by itself did not have self-import. Its entire existence is about a being an aspect of a collective. Ulam, however, Parshas Pekude, on the other hand, when you come to Parshas Pekude, Shabane Marvatichal Kolabaitis Mishkan that all of the work for the construction of the Mishkan was completed, was concluded. And the Parsha describes the way in which the Mishkan was erected and all of the Kalim that were put into the Mishkan. Then the idea of the individual is felt. It's only in the collective that you can appreciate the individual. The And in Pekude, we can appreciate not just the, the, the general thing that we have a Mishkan, but the individual aspects. Aspects. Because it's only after the whole Mishkan is, construction, is constructed that there is a novel appreciation for each subsidiary, individuated, specific aspect. I don't know. I have to think more about this. But maybe you could say that it's only in the context of an orchestra that you actually appreciate the distinctiveness of each individual instrument. Every concept in the Torah is eternal and is an eternal lesson. And how much more so when we're talking about the Mishkan. So how much more so when we're talking about the Mishkan, which is about Hashem wanting to rest between, amongst each one of us individually. 
Umuvan, and so it's understood, Sha'inin Hanal, the above stated concept, Shalvayakel Upakode, Shabinin Hamishkan, Yeshnegam Bekim Beshachanti Besechim Benegel Yisrael. So these two ideas of collective and individual and particular, that this binary that exists vis a vis the construction of the Mishkan is certainly found in the idea of the Mishkan within each one of us. Mitzad Achas, on one hand, the Torah teaches that we're all one, one entity. And together we make one body. And therefore, when there's some kind of deficit in, in one Jew, it's a deficit in the whole body of Jews. That's on one end. On the other hand, the Torah teaches that every Jew is a world unto themselves. So much so that each person is obligated to say, the world was created for me. The entire universe was created for me. The whole system of devolution. And every single Jew was born for me. And it's not just um, seemingly, quote-unquote, important Jews, but the water carrier, the, the woodchopper, from the greatest to the seemingly less important, has to understand that the entire world and all the galaxies, and every single person was created for them. And at the same time, we're just part of a larger collective. And this is where we get the Hira from the names of the Parshies. This is spectacular. Yehudi a Jew might think, that first of all, he, he's an individual. Shouldn't, he shouldn't be thinking about this in terms of arrogance. But he is a wholly self-contained construct. Because, because he's a Jew. Like the Allah says, that the, that the servant of a king has the same Allah as the king. Meaning, we are Hashem's children, so we are all important. And it's all about to serve our master. Now, to serve his master, there are specific missions and aspects of work that are distinctive to him. But in addition to his particular, distinctive, individuated avayda, he also understands himself to be part of a collective. But the Chabba says, and if that's how you're thinking about yourself, that first of all, you're a Matthias, and then you're also part of something larger. The Rebbe says, So the Parsha comes to teach you. The Parsha comes to disabuse you of your thought. Because the Parsha is telling you, Because the Parsha is telling you, 
that in the Parsha, each Kali was fashioned individually. And, and, and it's presented in a very individuated manner because for each Kali, it says, Vayas, it was made, it was fashioned. And so this only points to the individual properties of each Kali. And still in all, and still the Torah comes and tells us that this is part of a collective. It's Vayakel. The name Vayakel comes to underscore that their entire existence hinges on their being part of the collective. And so therefore a Jew has to know so it's the opposite of what you might think. First of all, you're part of B'nai Yisrael. You have to perceive yourself as a part of something larger. And so... The main aspect of your identity has to be the way in which you are an aspect of something larger. And therefore, before a person turns to pray for their personal needs, and this is after all a mitzvah to dab for yourself personally, but before that, he has to embed himself into the collective. You have to start with saying, I hereby take upon myself the positive mitzvah of loving every Jew. And it's not just before you start davening, but during davening, we're taught al tifresh min don't separate yourself from the collective. Because if you look at the, at the wording, at the terminology of Davani, you see that all of our bakashes, all of our requests are not in the singular. As you would expect if, you, if it's a person asking for their individual needs. But everything is coached in plural and collective terminology. Grant us. Return us. And in like fashion, all of the blessings, all of our requests are made in the plural for all of us together. And on the other hand, at the same time, when a person is engaged in efforts for the collective, he might come to the conclusion that whatever he's doing for the cloud, whatever he's doing for the community, really is not contributing to his own completion, to the way. That he's so he's that he's building himself. He might think that his that his coming to fruition as a human being is more dependent on what he does as an individual. 
But it's only in, you know, he's doing this from an altruistic place. He's doing this because the clown needs him. So he's mevater, he gives up on what he needs for himself in order to do for the, for the collective. And the Rebbe says, no, <laughs> you're so, so wrong. And so to disabuse you of this, the Parsha tells us, Adraba, it's the opposite, on the contrary. The erection of the Mishkan for, for the collective, Klal Yisrael, is referred to as Pikude, enumerating, differentiating, individuating, particular. Over and over, three times over in Pekude, each Kali receives its own individuated import when it's brought to Moshe. And then when there's a commandment to Moshe about what should be done with it. And then when Moshe... Uh, keeps those commandments about each individual keli because this teaches us when a Jew is busy doing things for Klal Yisrael this overture for supposedly the Klal actually allows the individual to acquire their completion makes them more complete. Tess. Tam hadavar sheizkala lozu mukhrechas. Shebeis shoadam oisig binyanav hapartim tzarach sheizkayim vayakel lezkala lematzibor. Why is this why is this hiskalalos? Why is this um, bringing together so necessary? That when a person is busy with his own seemingly personal things, that it has to be with the energy of Vayakel, that he has to embed himself in the tzibor, in the collective. Ume'idach, and on the other hand, ha'kamas ha'mishkan avor klal Yisrael hiba'ifin shel ume'viyah l'day pikudei, ha'shleimu shel kol Yehudi b'tayich yachid. And on the other hand, when you're talking about something collective, what you're focusing on is the way in which it highlights the individual. In other words, why is it so important for these for the intersectionality to, to exist here? That in the prat, it's always through the energy of the klal. And when you're dealing with the klal, it highlights the prat. Why is this so important? Because essentially, Eitzel Yehudi, when you're talking about a Jew, Shnei Inyanim Elu, Bayakel Shaboy, Upakude Shaboy, Chad Hema. Because when you're talking about a Jew, the collective and the individual are one. They're one. Velachain Biribui, Beroiv Hashonim, Parshis Bayakel, Bakude, Mukhubaris. 
And that's why in the main, most years, Vayakel and Pekuti are read together. Which means that essentially they become one Parsha. And now the Reb is going to explain this very deep and beautiful, important idea. On the revealed and external level, on the level where things can be revealed. So on that topical level, the collective and the individual are diametrically opposed ideas. It's one or the other. At the very least, they are two very different things. Even if you don't want to say that they present the antithesis of each other, they're two different things. And so, when you underscore the collective, you weaken the importance of the individual. And the more and the more you focus on the individual, you take away from the importance of the collective. Masha Inkin, but a contradistinction, Mitsada Etzem Bapnimia shall ish Yisrael. But when you're talking about the essence and the innermost core of a Jew, Shakula Matimis Vav Echel Kulana, the Rabbi quotes the Tanya, that we're all one because we all have one father. And this is because we're all part of the Atzmus, the essence of Hashem. When you're talking about atzmos, there's no contradiction between the proliferation of individuated aspects and the idea of the unity. What Hasidus calls the pshitos, the simplicity or the aspect that is divested of any specific category. That it's specifically because everything is rooted in one thing that there can't be so much differentiation and plurality and multifariousness in this world. I don't know a lot of science, but and I, I and I'm, somebody should correct me, but is this not the whole idea of stem cells? So what makes them so invaluable is that they have this quality where they could become any type of cell, but the stem cell itself has this pshitos, this all-encompassing, non-delineated feature about it. Okiadoa, I'm sorry, we did that. Kiloimar, this is to say, yeshkan ribuivihischalkos, Yes, we recognize that there is multiplicity. We recognize that there is differentiation. But not only is this multiplicity not antithetical to the singularity, on the contrary, it's specifically through the multiplicity 
that you express, that you reveal, that you shake, that you showcase the singularity that is above. And that's why this also is reflected in a Jew. Because because this is true about Atzmos, this is true about every Jew. The fact that we are all part of something larger called Am Echad is not mutually exclusive to the to the existence of each Jew as an individual. Kim Adraba, rather the contrary. Because the way in which we are united comes from the essence of us. And in essence, we are one with the essence of Hashem. And so this oneness is also revealed in the con- in the individual construct. So it's like, um, oh my gosh, um, what's that term where, oh gosh, the term is eluding me where you cut something and you don't get a piece but you get a smaller version of the whole. Um, it's holographic. Like the stones from a hologram. Sorry? Is that like the stones from Harsinai? Possibly, but this is like holographic, that, that you don't get pieces, you get a smaller version of the whole. So every Jew is, is reflective of Atmos. In Atmos, you have the totality that is not a stira, but rather gives rise to the particularities. Yud. And this is like the connection between Vayakel Pekude that is relevant to Jews. And you could see this same connection between the collective and the individual in a Sefer Torah. Now remember, this was when the Rebbe was cocking in this in, in, in this project. Sefer Torah, on the one hand, a Sefer Torah is comprised of hundreds of thousands of letters that are distinct from each other. The whole and yet, all of these individuated letters make, they create one Torah. So you have the Indian Pekude and they have the Torah and they have the Indian Vayakim. So on one hand, the individual create the collective, Vayakel. Umeidach on the other hand, Kasher HaKol Misachel the Sefer Torah Echad V'yachid. But when it all becomes one Torah, Bishlemus, Toikvay Kutushasai. Then you have the, the completion and the strength of its holiness, of its sacredness. Then each letter in its distinctive sacredness is surrounded by white space on the, on the, on the uh, parchment. So Davka, when it becomes, when all the letters yield to the collective, they become one Sefer Torah, 
then the distinctiveness of each letter is only highlighted. Because if two letters are connected and you can't distinguish one from another, that disqualifies the holiness of the Sefer Torah. Because once we understand that B'nai Yisrael, the Torah, and Hashem are one, So this whole idea of how we are individual and part of something larger and how this is this is rooted in the fact that we have a part of atmos in us, and in atmos there's no stira, there's no there's no contradiction between the klal and the pratim. So this is also showcased in the idea of the Torah, because bnei Yisrael, Torah and Hashem are one. Vizuhi ha'ira nesinas ha'koyach ha'nesinas parshes and this is the lesson and also the strength that we are given from these parshas. We should add in moving quickly with alacrity to unite B'nai Yisrael. And in this category, also, the Rebbe says, in this timely mitzvah that we're talking about, they, about right now, that, that everybody should put more emphasis and do this more quickly to, to make sure that every Jew has one letter in one of the tires that are being written for the Klal, to unite. These Sifrei Torah are not being written for individuals. They're being written for the sole purpose of uniting Jews. And through this is revealed the connection of every Jew to Torah. And each Jew becomes uh, included in the Torah through the letter that is written for him. So the Rebbe says, two things are being accomplished. Each Jew in their individuality is being showcased because there's a letter in the Sefer Torah that's just for them. And without that letter, the whole Sefer Torah is not valid. And at the same time, you're highlighting the Shlemus, the completion of Am Yisrael as a collective. That all are all of Israel are united in a true unity through the Torah, which is true and eternal, and therefore it's an eternal unity. and through this, through acting with greater alacrity in this mitzvah, we will hasten. And bring closer, even even closer, the geula, the true geula, the complete geula, shatia geula pratis. There will be an individual geula, like it says, Hakadosh Baruch Hu Eiches Biyadav Mamash Ish Ish. Hashem will hold the hands of each Jew and grab him from his place. Like Rashi says, and it's of him, he cites these words from the Navi, each Jew will be collected one by one. 
וביחד עם זה תהיה זו גאולה כלולס בשלמוסה, and at the same time it will be a collective גאולה, like it says, כהל גדול ישובו הנה, a great assemblage will return here, and this should be במהרה בימינו ממש, it should be speedily in our days, literally, ממש. Amen. The collective and the individual. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Telestro, it was a great pleasure to have your son here. Uh, he had a great time. So nice. <laughs> Such a great group of- Obviously we did a lot of comparing news to how we many- We're very blessed. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you think my kids do? They come home and tell us how, how stunted our operation is. Oh, no, it was all good. <laughs> no, I'm saying what my kids do when they go somewhere else. It's, it's all part of it. Yeah, but he had a really good time. I'm so happy. Yes, it's all part of the collective and the individuated. Yeah. He told me, he said, one of the kids dressed up as Chat GPT. And I'm like, only at Binghamton. They're dressing <laughs> up like uh <laughs> Anyway, thank you for hosting him. It was our greatest pleasure. They were they were amazing. They were really amazing. Baruch Hashem. And thank you for the share while we're at it, while I'm thanking you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can, can I, I, somebody can say, I say something, something about the Sikha? Sorry? Can I say something about the Sikha? Please. Um, it's it seems to me that it has a tremendous uh, lesson, hara'a, if that's the right word, about chinuch. And when one, let's say it's a class, or whether even if it's within a family, but more like in a school, where on the one hand, you have individuals coming together and you have, I guess, an agenda, should I say, in the school or even in your own family. On the other hand, not to lose sight of the individual. And to, 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 to take into account that you're not just producing a klal, you're producing a prat. And I, I don't know, the Rebbe doesn't point this out, but he is saying it, you know, there's a lesson there that I think that's very, very powerful. 100%. In general, we see in the Rebbe's Torah, it, it, we see a emphasis on klal and prat constantly, constantly, constantly. It's like, look at what the Rebbe Kachzachin, on the one hand, Hakel. Hakel is all about the Klau. Right. But then, in Shnaz Hakel, the Rebbe said to take all the names of the people and write each name on an individual note card. It's again, the Indian of Prat, over and over and over. It's, it's, a, it's a, a binary that the Rebbe pushes. Um, you know, it's interesting, Rifki, that <clears throat> you can always have individuals, but you cannot have a klal without individuals. The klal is dependent on individuals. But that I was saying here that a klal is not just made up of individuals, that the klal has its own keiches. I'm just thinking out loud, trying to figure out how to put this together. The klal, once it's a klal, it has its own keiches. But the kaychus of the klal goes back to the oneness of Eberster. So it still goes back to the yichid of the Eberster. 
to one. That's right. I want to push so back. It's an interesting, it's an interesting oh. circle. Go ahead. Go on. Yeah. But I think the Rebbe is, I think the Rebbe wants to actually disabuse us of thinking that without a cloud, there's a prop. I think, I think one of the tradition here, here is that the Rebbe is saying that well, without wait, wait, wait. the cloud, you don't really have the prop. You might think you're an individual, but really your the importance of your individuality stems from the fact that you're part of a cloud. How can how can we express ourselves if we're not expressing ourselves with other people? We we don't live alone. We it brings out what we are capable of doing. Yeah, but if you look at it just physically, just physically, not right, the claw has nothing. It's made up of individuals. What else is it made up of? Individuals exist. You can say the Abisha doesn't will not make it exist because if there's no claw, then there's no purpose to prot. You can say that. But if you look at physical world, individuals are individuals. It's a gosh, music. people are people. Whereas community or klal or kohol is made up of them. And if you take that out of there, it's like if you take out the ingredients of a cake, you're not going to have a cake, but you'll still have the ingredients. Maybe it's more like DNA. If you don't no, have I common DNA, you don't have individual parts of the body. I'm not... I'm not sure what, uh, I, I'm just saying that yeah, there is a commonality. Let's say you're making a cake and you have flour and sugar and whatever. There is something in common between them. I'm not quite sure what, but in a body, I can call it the DNA. So you wouldn't have a person if you wouldn't have hands and well, technically you would, but if you wouldn't have a heart and a brain and a whatever, all these parts, you wouldn't have the claw of a person, but you, if you didn't have DNA in the hand, which was, or in the heart or in the brain or whatever, those, that's what the, the DNA is a certain clawless that you have to have in order to have individuals, just like attempt to look to a chad lechad. That's what I was having trouble with, but then I realized it's because they are part of an Israel. Each individual is important. And because you have your DNA, your brain is important. Your heart is there. Your Each part of you is there. But on the other hand, you as a person are made of all these parts. It's, 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 I don't know how to explain it. You can't even, it, it, it's something that you can't really wrap your head around because it's, it's, um, it's like the concept of, of um, learning Tyra, where you're surrounding Hashem and Hashem is surrounding you. That's, that's the same kind of a concept. You are made, you are an individual because of the Kalal, and the Kalal is there because of you. All the you's in it. Right. Which is, it's, it's, a, it's a concept that can blow your mind because it doesn't really... We can't really imagine that physically, but it's it's a blow your mind concept. Anyway, to me, it is. I guess I guess what I was trying to say is that this is very applicable today mm -hmm. with what's going on politically in the world right. of <laughs> of uh, you know whatever all the politics are going on in the world with what takes precedence is community or or people, but but the Reb is bringing out here that the makeup of, at least the way I'm trying to figure it out, that the makeup of the community depends 
on the collective individuals, you cannot take away the, the quality or the need for the individual um, differences or the individual, uh, that what makes one an individual, right? And you take all those kaychas together to make a klal. No, that's not what I ever say. Uh, what I find interesting is that the klal without individuals doesn't exist. This is the way the physical world is. That's the outcome that we see. Maybe behind the scenes, it's differently. No, I think you're right. And I think what the Rebbe is fetching here. The Rebbe brings out that the klal itself adds a certain strength, but it all goes back to the oneness of Eberster. You understand? It's like, um, so you now get a whole different element when you have a klal. I think it's for today's time, such a huge thing to, to put together that you cannot separate the two in the sense this is more important or this is more important. Working together will make it individuals working to. I don't know. Whatever. You understand, Rivka? Sorry, I, I, I'm yeah, trying. No, I, I think I understand, but I, I think you're not focusing enough. I think on the other thing that the Rebbe is saying here that really your your prat is the part that you're saying. Oh. It's there before, but it only really gains its importance, its kedusha, its viability, its metzias from, from, from becoming part of something larger? Part. No, I, I think it's fascinating. I'm not, I'm not negating one or the other. I'm not, I think it's fascinating that it's yeah. how inter, interconnected it is, how inter... Um, it's very different than what people view it. You know, politics, very different. You know what I mean? Right. That and it is very individual. Or, or, mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're saying that, you know, all this, um, so many people being depressed and and the suicidal thoughts and what have you has a lot to do with, with the focus on the self as opposed to becoming part of something larger. Mm -hmm. The rabbi would always say, what can you do? Not what the, what people can do for me. What can I do for somebody else? Yeah. That was, that was his mantra, really. And that's what they say to people who feel suicidal is go out and do something for somebody else and then you won't feel suicidal anymore. Exactly. Yeah, the self is a very small circumscribed place. <laughs> it gets very claustrophobic. Yes, yes. We're just here to help, you know, make the world a dear tachdainim. And if we focus on that, we can't do it on our own. The world is a platform for us to, 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 to just keep giving and giving, not taking. But if you don't have, if you're not complete... I, 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 I'm not expressing it properly, but if you're, if you're not whole, you can't give. So, okay. it, so the it's a double. It, and at the a, same time, you become more whole by giving. Exactly. So it's, a it's a feedback loop. It, it, yeah. I, I found a letter from the rabbi that he, he gave out oh, a long time ago, a long time ago, um, and a hakel year. And um, the rabbi gave out this letter in Slichus at the end of the hakel year. And he said, 
when all is said and done and you've done everything now look at yourself and see are you all are you have have you gathered yourself together mm-hmm. and this was like at the end of the year before Rosh Hashanah in preparation, prepare, preparation for Rosh Hashanah that we should look at ourselves and, and gather ourselves together that was after the year at the end of the year before Rosh Hashanah and that to me was like a very uh, powerful you'd think he would have said it at the beginning of the year now you know and then start giving out but no give 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 and then you know prepare yourself for Rosh Hashanah because this is the time when you have to be whole and complete and present yourself to the Abishtha as a whole person don't forget about yourself but that like one month in Elul before Rosh Hashanah the whole year you've been giving and giving. I can't remember what year it was. I have it somewhere. But thank you very much. Thank you me. so much for sharing that. Okay, whatever way you cut it, we have our work cut out for us. <laughs> Wishing everybody a lot of hot slacha. Everybody should do it for simcha. That's the main thing. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you.